Before we begin the show, I just want to say that this podcast is brought to you by the Wedding Video Boss Patreon page. There you can pledge as low as $1 to keep the show going. Different tiers give you different perks like transcripts of all the current episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. We also have extra episodes that are a little bit more in-depth and straight to the point. Also, for a limited time, coaching sessions with me. So head on over to www.patreon.com that's p a t r e o n.com/weddingvideoboss to learn more. All right, see you there. Don't look at networking like I've got to meet people and they've got to meet me or I've got to introduce people and they've got to introduce me. Look at networking like I've got to start conversations for people. So, hey, grab someone and say, "Hey, I wanted to introduce you to this person because I thought it would be cool if you talked about this." It's a lot easier in my opinion to just make up a conversation about food or the weather or the venue or the parking. Talk about anything. But the key to that is make sure you're asking a question when you when you start networking. "Hey, is this your first time at this event?" or "Hey, did you have trouble with with uh ways or Google getting here?" If you approach things with a question, then it's a lot easier to kind of start a conversation. So on site, think about it as I'm start I'm going to get people to start conversations as opposed to I've got to meet people. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss podcast where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative and on Mondays a masterclass with wedding industry greats or business gurus talking about specific topics to help you run your business effectively. And today a good friend of mine is here, Alistair Tober. He is the owner of VIP's Entertainment. He is a wedding industry legend for a short amount of time and a networking pro. You have to see this guy move around a networking event. He's just like smooth like butter. He's established his company in different states and is currently residing in Nashville, Tennessee. We are going to talk about how to make a good conversation, how to find the right people to network with, and how to leave a lasting impression. He's also going to sprinkle a little bit of tips and tricks along the way. So don't go anywhere because the interview is starting right now. So what's the weather like there? Oh, dude, it's beautiful. I mean, if it's once it hits like May here, it gets super hot and humid, but it hasn't been that humid today. Like we got a nice breeze. And Nashville's on a river, you know? So you get a nice, um, you get a nice, like you get a nice kind of like soft wind in the afternoon and in the early morning. That's really nice. So it's, it's, it's a, this is the perfect day. I'm in the perfect spot to do this. I'm at a really like historic, um, or a very cool hip, uh, place called peg leg porker, which, um, they, they basically, I was like, yo, I got to do this video podcast. And they're like, what? And I said, yeah. And so I'm upstairs on their outdoor patio and no one's at, like, it's closed. And they're like, yeah, you can have it. Go ahead. That's amazing. So, Holy crap. Yeah. Well, it's a hundred, yeah. it's a hundred degrees here right now. So. Oh, good. So there you go. <laughs> so I'm happy. You're happy. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, oh, a pleasure. I'm so excited. This, this show's great. And I love that you're providing all this amazing insight and content. And I'm, uh, I'm flattered and uh, excited to talk with you today. It's, it's going to be fun. You know, um, 
when when I was starting, when I was conceptualizing my podcast, you were the first one so that I, that I approached, and you said anytime, just yeah, anytime you're ready, just interview me, and I that that really pushed me to be like, oh crap, now that now I really need to do this because you know it feels like the important people that I need to be on the show are actually saying yes, so I really appreciate this. Well, thank you. And when those important people um, agree to be on your show, let me know and I'll, I'll oh, keep tuning stop. in. And I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. No, no. On, on, honestly, you know, um, it's uh, absolutely a pleasure. And I think that um, more importantly, uh, my answer was just because you know what you're talking about and you do what you do and you guys do it really well. And uh, it's important that we can share experiences with people. So, um, cause it's not everybody gets to see and hear and, and feel what we do. So the podcasts have become that vehicle to share information and experiences. So thank you for doing it. And let's, yeah, let's, let's have some fun today. Oh my gosh. We're going to have yeah. so much fun. So the main, just so you know, the main reason why I actually wanted to invite you was not only because you have this, one of the biggest, uh, businesses in the wedding industry which is your your company but also you're just wow you're just a freaking master networker man it's just it's so impressive oh, thank you i remember we i love people well yeah i i remember we were at this one party and you're like we were talking and i'm like i'm so nervous i don't know who to talk to and he said it, you, you just said you just told me who do you want to talk to and then you just started to talk to people and it was just so natural and it was so easy i'm like i need to learn from this guy now oh thanks yeah you know it's networking is tough it's hard and it's scary especially for people that are not um familiar with uh you know a city or a landscape or an industry and i think like so many creative people are really good at uh, what they do well. And maybe they're not so good at sharing that experience outside of just letting their work for, speak for itself. So, um, I mean, look, networking organizations in our industry and in the event space are, they're important for several reasons. Obviously, look, we can all look at, we can all talk about the experience of getting business cards and getting numbers and names and contacts and, Hey, you know, why aren't you calling me for business or call me for business or let's do something together. But I think more importantly, I think networking organizations build community. And sometimes when it's tough and when it's hard and you don't have the answers or there's a business that, you know, is, you know, is doing something that you don't agree with, or it's good to have a group of people that you can call frienders or friends. The community is really important. And so I think, and I know it sounds cliche and cheesy, but I don't care because if it's cheesy to me, it's, it means it, there's some, there's some truth to it. It's like, if it's funny, there's some truth to it. Without the event community, what happens is people really isolate themselves and they start to cannibalize their specific area uh, of expertise. And what I mean by that is you're basically just undercutting yourself and you're not allowing others to sort of learn from you and you're not learning from others. So that's where, that's where networking for me starts. And then I think the continuation of that really is getting out there and just meeting people. And remember when you go to these events, whether it's, you know, um, whether it's an industry event for weddings or corporate events or, or just photography or video or whatever it might be like Tuesdays together, it's everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's there going, okay, I don't know anybody or I'm new here. So 
we're all human. At the end of the day, it's like a celebrity and a pro athlete is still just a human being. So uh, I, I, but hey, I have to remind myself of that all the time. That's that's amazing, man. You already got into the yeah. the meat of things. <laughs> okay, so well, I mean, I, I I'm passionate about it. I oh. love people. I, I'm I'm passionate about meeting people. I mean, take it or leave it. You know, uh, that's, you know, you got to meet you got to meet people to grow your business. Yeah, and it shows. It shows that you're very genuine and you actually care about who you're talking to in that very moment. Which uh, which is I uh, you it uh, it's really inspirational for me. But before we get into uh, the meat of what we're going to talk about, let's uh, just so the listeners know more about you. Let, tell us something that the listeners would probably know, don't know about you. Something about you awesome. that they probably okay. wouldn't expect. Okay. So unless you follow my wife on like Instagram or social media, because I hardly ever post anything personal. So unless you follow um, Emily you probably wouldn't know that I'm a huge soccer fan. Like when I say soccer, I mean football, like European football, um, like a ginormous, gigantic fan um, to the point of annoying other family members and friends, because I'm, it's like, it's abs it's absolutely the thing that I should have done <laughs> with my life. Um, but I wasn't good enough. And so now I'm in the music and entertainment industry, but uh, I absolutely would. If someone called me and said, Hey, we want you to come be the VP of a soccer team. I would probably quit everything and go do it. Like literally that's how much I love it. So, okay. Um, so are you yeah. saying you played before or you want to manage? So I, so I played as a kid uh, and then I played, you know, up through junior high, high school, did all that, played club, traveled. Um, and then, you know, didn't play because, you know, they just, people were better and I wasn't as good or, but I'm no, I'm like an avid fan. Like I can tell you, I could probably predict, I predicted who was going to win the last World Cup. The World Cup happened in June, and in April, I told all my friends, if you want to take a bet with me, like a little friendly bet, um, you, I'll give you the entire field if you let me pick the winner. And I, anyway, I, I won. I beat, I had like, I had like, I won like 10 bets from the World Cup. Not money. I just want to, full disclosure, not money. I do, I bet, I bet other fun things like experiences or like, bottles of this or food you know like okay. take me to lunch stuff like that um so i picked france to win the world cup in april and the world cup happened that june and i mean i remember people were texting me like dude of course you knew they were going to win so i'm like paul i'm like a big follower of football like big time and so i was so excited like when lafc started a friend of mine is running that club like he's in charge of player and, and coaching personnel and so i follow lafc um And, uh, and Nashville, where I live, is actually their professional soccer team is joining the MLS next season. Nice. So I'm so excited to like buy tickets and get, you know. Anyway, so that's kind of like my little side passion, if you would. That's my hobby away from getting burnt out in the music and, uh, and events world. That's crazy. You know, we I don't know if you watched yeah. last night, but uh, Stella and I were watching the football game between uh, Thailand and the U.S., the women's women's football game. And they scored 12 to nothing. They broke the record. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, um, so my opinion on that is in the group stage, you have to score goals because goal differential is very important in order to seed into the playoff round. Um, but uh, Julie Foudy was on SportsCenter last night, and yeah. I agree with her. She's like, I'm all for scoring goals, but after like eight to nothing, let's not dance and celebrate on the sideline. So, I mean, they – They're very good. The women's U.S. soccer is very good. But what they need, and this is a whole nother podcast, what they need is they need equal pay. 
because they're going to go out yes. and they're going to destroy everyone and they're going to probably win the world cup again. And they've won in the past, you know, the defending champs. So, but they're making less pay than the men and there's no reason for that. So, well, uh, and the way soccer can progress in, in the U S is they can start to really level the playing field and start to create a uh, uh, sort of a more universal experience for everybody. But that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> we won't go into that, but yes, um, I didn't watch the game, but I, I was like, I was watching it on my phone and watching highlights and, um, they're they're amazing. Actually, uh, I have a one one of our wedding clients is a, is on the women's national team. Um, am I allowed to say her name? Can I drop a name or should sure, I? Sure. Yeah. So okay. Julie, she was Julie Johnson. Now she's Julie Ertz. So Zach and Julie Ertz, uh, we did their wedding up at Bacara, and uh, couldn't have been couldn't have been nicer. They were uh, amazing to work with and super easy and super caring about the music and like just everyone that was. They were super fun and so to see like her succeeding how fun is that to be able to follow her and, and cheer her on and go we've got a connection and this is very cool so yeah yeah that that's the one thing i love about the wedding industry it doesn't matter if they're famous or not but you know when you keep track of people and how they progress with their lives and how when they have babies or they do a career moves it's just like oh my gosh we have a connection that's amazing so fun it's like fun to root for yeah it's fun to root for athletes that yeah i mean they're pe look we're all just people you know and, and um uh, yeah and you know they get they get stressed out and they get overwhelmed just like everybody else but at the end of the day um they score goals like 13 of them against thailand i guess so <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway. so now let's talk about your origin story like how okay. did you get into the industry and what are you up to right now Thank you for that question. So um, I'll try and keep it brief, but th there's a connection between like my mom and my dad and then music and how the, the, they all intersect. So um, I'll start with, I really started singing by fluke um, uh, going to church. There was a, they put together like a children's choir. I grew up in San Pedro, California, and they put together a children's choir at first Presbyterian. And my sister went because her friends were going and I didn't, I, I had no interest. And then, uh, She came home after like one of the practice choir rehearsals or practices, which was during the week. And she had a bunch of candy and I'm like, wait a second, where'd the candy come from? And she said, Oh, if you go to choir, they give you candy at the end. So I thought, okay, this is a good deal. I could get on board with this. <laughs> so I went to a, I went to a choir practice and like, you know, I couldn't be bought. I wasn't really interested in like the application of singing and music, but after, you know, the practice got the candy and thought, okay, I, I could, I could sit through this practice to hang out with these kids in order to get the candy at the end. Um, cause I don't think my parents really gave us candy. So, uh, I went back and then probably my third or fourth choir practice, uh, the choir teacher pulled my mom aside at the end, like in the parking lot and was like, I need you to know that your son is a singer. And my mom just kind of laughed and the choir director said, no, your son is like the best singer in the church. And my mom just kind of laughed and thought, you know, you're just trying to get more kids here. And, uh, then they... <laughs> I don't know what, where the conversation, I was like seven or eight at the time, but, uh, uh, where the conversation went from that, but then they, my church choir ended up doing a musical. They did Jonah and the whale. And I got the part of Jonah just because I guess I out sang the other eight year olds or nine year olds or whatever. And, uh, and that was kind of the start of it, man. I got a taste of the, I got a taste of that lead role life. And it was like, okay, okay, this is kind of cool. And, uh, and it just kind of went from there, like singing in church, going to junior high, So fast forward, um, you know, I went to USC. I went to Hamilton Music Academy in LA, which is a performing arts magnet. Got a scholarship to sing at USC. Um, 
went to USC for four years, did that, graduated, and then uh, went into musical theater because that's where I could get a job at 22 as a guy who could sing in, in the U.S. And it, it was st- steady-ish. Um, and then uh, I helped. I was like an original cast member of a show called Rock of Ages, 80s rock musical, went to, went to Broadway eventually, and they made a movie. Um, I left the show before it went to off-Broadway in New York. Um, they actually recast and didn't take pretty much, I think they took one or two people from the L.A. original cast. Uh, and then I started singing with a band called The Spasmatics, which was based in L.A., but it franchised itself all, all over the country. So I was kind of filling in as the lead singer where they needed it for like the double and triple bookings. And that's when I really got a taste of the event and wedding industry as a, as an adult and a professional. And, uh, I really enjoyed the experience of singing with that band, but I always thought to myself, wow, you know, there's a customer service element to this that I really want to fix. And so I went to the owners of that company with an offer that, which was, Hey, I want to come in and I want first right of refusal on any verticals I, I create for myself within your company. And they were like, well, you can create verticals, but you've got to, you don't, we don't give anybody first right of anything. And so I said, okay. And so amicably, I just started my own company, started my own eighties band called the young guns, uh, started doing bars and restaurants and just clubs and building it up. And, uh, now I've got three, you know, offices in three cities, LA, Houston, and now Nashville. And I've got, um, 25 bands in California that I've put together, developed and booked. And, uh, I've got three here in Nashville that I'm in the process of, you know, putting into the marketplace slowly, but surely. And then Houston is just sort of like a a satellite hub where I have clientele that I, um, I, you know, I kind of act as a resource for entertainment for them. And really, um, I think why I love the industry so much is when I was a kid, this goes back to my parents. Um, my mom had a catering company, like a really small catering company out of an Australian restaurant called the Wallaby Darns in San Pedro. And so my, you know, my weekends were full of chafing dishes and loading the car with catering equipment and kind of learning about customer service and grinning and bearing it and really getting, getting your hands dirty and getting kind of like, it was amazing. I kind of got this like quick lesson on this is the events industry and this is what's going on. And um, I've always had a sort of a respect for that. And I think if you can look around the landscape of weddings and events and you can look at the people you're working with or working alongside, maybe not in the same company, but fellow vendors, and you understand what they're going through and you can really, you you know, you can, you, you feel their pain and you feel their, their, their agony of, you know, being on their feet for 12 hours, then you start to really understand like, this is an industry where people really work their, their tails off. And so, um, I just, you know, I have a lot of respect for people in this business to do it the right way and do it the kind way. It's not always easy to be kind, but, um, it's, this is, you know, it's a celebration. When we go to these marketing events or these networking events, you know, it's a celebration of work on site, but it's also a celebration of like making it through the wedding season and making it through another year and still being in business when everything around us is changing. And we're, we're sort of like, we're subject to trends and people's attitudes towards things. And yeah. And I'm so, so I got, you know, as a kid, I got, I got a really good taste of what the event space was like. And then as a professional adult going in, I already knew I want to set up a company. And this goes back to that whole, like, I thought there was a customer service way of doing things. I really wanted to set up a company where the band was important and the music was stellar, but the client was, was the most important thing. It's about, 
the mentality is it's about you, not about us. We're here for you. And so every gig we do and every event we do, I really, really, really try and impress upon my people um, this infectious attitude of give, give first, ask second. So that's crazy. You know, uh, I never grew up. I never grew up um, in the wedding industry, but my mom, she always likes to have parties. <laughs> so we still have shav shaving dishes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so yeah. So someone, someone in every family is a party planner somewhere. Yeah. So, so just so, yeah. so you, you've, you've grown, you've grown this company from your humble beginnings one to three, one, one band. band. Wow. It, one, one band of four, one band of actually one band of six people on a, on a, um, like a Saturday night in April, I think 2000, I could, I think it's 2009 is what we figured out at a, at a bar in San Pedro and I mean, I didn't see the writing on the wall then, but, you know, fast forward three or three years from there, I was like, yeah, this is happening. And I'm starting to build other bands and bring other people in. But it, it, honestly, it came out of people just starting to trust me and go, hey, we need a band for this or we need a, an upright bass and jazz trio for that. You know, so it just sort of became like, you know, this, you know, the music and you know what we need. You speak our language as far as event coordinators can you translate and bring us something that's going to be really special? And that's kind of how it happened. I mean, I just, I just had to like call on friends and say, yo, I'm putting, I'm putting you in this band and you're going to, you're going to make money and it's going to be great. And you can tell people I'm a full-time musician. That's nice. so. so are you allowed to say, uh, how many events do you do in an average in a year? You yeah, 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 for sure. So that's, that's a, that's a cool question because it, it, it actually fluctuates. Um, this year I'll probably do less events, but my revenue will be more. Um, and I think that's the nature of my business has grown and the cost of doing good, of doing, you know, business goods and services and the categories that I've sort of gotten into have gotten a little more expensive. And so I'm saying, I'm saying yes to proposals and yes, I'll give you, a quote. Sorry, there's a train behind me. Oh, so, I, I can't um, hear it. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my, my costs have gone up, which means not everyone can afford it, but my revenue. So my costs have gone up. My revenue has gone up. My number of events have gone down. I want to say on average, Paul, like the last year and the year before that, I probably did about 200 events. Whew. Oh man. Yeah. Not me. Per obviously not me. Per I mean, I'm, I have a hand in every single thing that goes in and out for sure. I have creative, um, input, but sometimes it's simple. It's someone that calls and says, Hey, we want an acapella group for a red carpet movie premiere. Um, and I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, there'll be some guidance for me, but pretty much it's like, here's, here's, here's what it is. Um, and I'll just have a conversation with the talent about like, you know, um, behavior and approach and, and communication. And then there are other times when I'm literally like writing an opening medley for a corporate event that wants, you know, a country music theme and we're putting a celebrity in. So it just depends. Um, but I'd say my sweet spot has become bands for weddings because I just love it. And I, you know, I, I think we do it well. So especially those customized set lists. Can, can I just say that whenever, Wedding vendors find out 
that there's going to be a band in the wedding, we yeah. always have this uh, this uh, this sigh that we say. We're like, oh man, I guess we're not going to eat tonight. That's always the reputation yeah. of the the bands, right? But with your bands, where every time we work with them, they always make sure that there's food for everyone, and uh, that's why I don't, I don't know if. I doubt that you tell them that we're I'm going to be there but I don't think they know who we are but the your band is just they make sure that there's more food for enough for everyone. Thank you. Well, wow, that makes that makes me feel really happy uh and and you know and that kind of feedback I think is is really valuable plus, you know, positive or negative. Um so we talk a lot about communication um with my band leaders. Um making sure that they, you know, make that communication when they arrive, understanding the timeline, going over with it, uh, going over it with, uh, the planners as well as the clients. We do, um, we do a lot of follow-up calls. Hey, how are things? How was the food? Did everybody eat? Um, my sort of my rule is never be, never be the person that takes the last piece of food. Um, and so typically my band leaders, like, well, I'll have a music director with every band, And I'll have a band leader and their job is very much like client facing, working with the photographer, videographer team and planner to make sure that all that um, communication is done very clear and that we're staying on task. But that person's job is also to make sure that like, hey, let's it's a little bit of a paid babysitter, if you will. And you know what? It works. Sometimes situations have something. Yeah, it works. But it, sometimes situations happen where there, we run out of food or there's a situation. And I've told like all my band leaders know if there's a food situation, you text me or you call me or honestly just buy food and we'll, we'll circle back. Yeah. And because the last thing, and, and I think that's advice for any vendors. Like if there's an issue with like a hotel room or there's an issue with transportation, like an Uber or a Lyft, um, or there's an issue with food, like chances are, unless you're in the middle of nowhere, there's probably an option. And let me tell you, spend the money is a better option. Just, Put it on someone's card or borrow a few bucks from someone if you don't have the money uh, at that time. Spend the money is always a better option than I'm going to freak out and make a fool out of myself. And so that is the that's the culture that I've really really built with all these bands and all these acts is let's make a decision in a time of stress that's going to benefit everyone and not just you. Yeah, yeah, de yeah. definitely. And it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. I mean. I have my moments when I'm like, we're not going to do that, but you can't just turn around to a planner and say, yeah, you're crazy. We're not going to do that. What you, what you do is you just, you get through the gig, you make sure the gig is, and the event goes off and is a hit and then you circle back. But if you communicate ahead of time and you have these conversations ahead of time before the event, I'm not talking about at the event, like five minutes before people arrive, I'm talking about ahead of time. Every single planner I work with, And every single client we work with, I personally, personally, as the owner of my company, do a call, at least a call with every single client and planner to go through the timeline and the expectations, making sure, first chance, is this recorded or is this live? We'd love to do it live, but if you want it recorded, because that's the recording you want. And the only way I've learned how to do that, Paul, is by messing up. And so yeah. I, I've made mistakes. I've, ha I've had to give money back. I've had to write hand letters to people that say this was amazing and I'm sorry that this wasn't, how can I fix it? I mean, the only way you get better is learn is fall for you flat. 
you don't, you fall flat on your face and you fall forward. And so that's, I mean, I suggest everybody be doing that. Like make sure you have those, those calls beforehand, not the day of like a week or a few days in, in advance just to make sure. Cause you're just managing expectations, right? Yep. I mean, at the event, pe- people are there to just party. So at that point, it's like, just make sure their expectations are met. It's not that hard. Yeah. So anyway. that's the thing. <clears throat> Everything that you do when it comes to this business is networking. Just like what I told you, your band, they made sure we ate also. And that's a form of networking because everyone's going to remember your company. When you communicate with the wedding planners, that's another form of networking because that's showing them how professional you are, right? 100%. We, we have a shared document um, with oh, our that's clients right. like for song. Because we, we, customize, we customize all our set lists. Um, meaning, look, there are some clients that when they book uh, a VIP's entertainment band, they want the band. Like if they book the Young Guns, they're like, we want an 80s party. We've seen this band uh, wherever, or we know of this band, just make it amazing. We don't care. Um, this is what the party is. Go. And then there are other clients that are like, you look, we love Uptown Live or we love what, you know, red carpet. We just want to have some say in the music. And we love, like, I love that. I mean, can you imagine doing 200 events a year of the same songs at every event? I mean, it's like, yeah, at some mm-hmm. point, I mean, it'd be like a photo booth company and the same people are at every event. At some point, yeah. you just need, like, you know, it kind of gets a little... So we challenge our clients. I mean, I just, before this was on a call with a planner, we're doing a wedding up in up in Napa at the end of June. And she's like, I'm really sorry. They had 150 requests. I'm like, they didn't have 150 requests. They had 150 songs they love. We're gonna, we're not gonna, the band's not going to get to all of them. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm like, and furthermore, don't apologize because I'm going to trim the fat. I'm going to make this great. And... You know the band leader and the MD are gonna are gonna make sure that it it suits the crowd and it suits the band and it keeps the party going. So we we set up a, a shared drive, uh, Google Drive folder or or document, so that our clients can get on there and they can edit it 24 hours a day. The planners are seeing those edits, so if they have input, um, the band can all see it. Our MD can edit, our leader can edit, and then oftentimes if if people want it, we allow other vendors in there to take a look at it too. Um, because it helps to sort of create that like consistent like design or aesthetic or yeah. just a vibe, you know. So, um, yeah, that's what so. I love about you. You you never stop at the problem. You always offer help. Like, how are Thank we gonna? You. Okay, yeah. that's a problem. How are we gonna solve it? That maybe we could do this. So, which which leads to my question because just like what I told you earlier, you know. Everything you do is a form of networking. And I was wondering, with your business, how much did networking contribute to the success of your business? Because it's not all networking, right? It's advertising. and No. You know, but how much has network- networking yeah. helped? Um, as far as growing the business from one one band or one wedding band, uh, it's been the most important thing, meeting people, uh, meeting planners, meeting venues, meeting other vendors. I mean, starting out, the Young Guns, you know, when the Young Guns became more of an event band than it was sort of like a, a ticketed, uh, like party bar club band, I was getting most of the referrals from photographers who had said, oh my gosh, if you want an 80s band, we worked with this band last weekend and they were 
so fun. They were the opposite of a wedding band. So starting out going, okay, so, uh, I'm going to, why don't I just do, you know, why don't I do this? Why don't I talk about a couple of the organizations that I joined and that the business joined and, and I'll just kind of tell you that experience. So, um, I joined a thing called BNI in Manhattan beach when I was living there. And that was really, really helpful because I met other like-minded business owners or people that were entrepreneurs or really kind of blazing a trail for their sales. And so, you, you know, you get into a room with people that are like, I need to boost my sales. One great way to do that is reciprocate the, you know, the referrals. So B and I was great out of the gate. And I really, um, I really felt like I found a village of people who understood what I was going through and start as far as like starting a business. And then B and I, so B and I means business networking international. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just so the listeners thank, thank know. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'll, so I'll say the I'll I'll say the name of the organization and then you talk about it a little bit because <laughs> you're gonna be you're you're gonna be better at this than I am because some of these I may just like make up words. No, so, I, um, I'm then, googling it. I'm googling yeah. it. So oh, business, good. Okay. Perfect. Business. Oh, actually, it's okay. Business Network International. It's Business Network International. The yeah. idea of that is like givers gain. So give people referrals and it'll come back in, in you know, in, in full. Um, then I joined ABC association of bridal consultants and they've got, you know, I, I got that one, right. I think, um, yeah, you did. and they have organizations. <laughs> I think, I think they're, I know they're national. They may be international at this point. Um, and that was great because you're meeting, you know, other bridal professionals and people that want to build not only a book of business, but build that community of people that they can turn to for inspiration. And so from that, I, I really got to know a lot of venues and other vendors in the event, specifically the wedding industry. And then WIPA Wedding, in, help me with this one, Industry me, Professionals Association. Wedding Industry or Wedding, I think they changed their name to Wedding International Professionals Association. Um, and then so then there's WIPA. Um, and that's another great wedding industry association, as the name says. Um with that's very planner heavy and very design heavy. And, uh, you know, they do it like a thing called the design challenge, which is really sort of like a oh, community event right. of, of vendors, which I love, um, being, a, you know, getting invited to that and going to those events. So, and, and yeah, I mean, you're going to meet, look, you're going to meet other people in your same category. Uh, those are opportunities to say, you know what, this is not about competition. It's about collaboration or this is about, Hey, I'm having an issue with this hard drive. Can you help me? Or, how are you handling, you know, noise volume on stage and just talking to people about, you know, guitar players or, Hey, I'm really short on trumpet players. Do you have anyone, I'm not going to steal them from you, but do you have anyone that you really recommend that knows how to behave and play really, really good R and B. Um, and then honestly, the biggest, um, the biggest uptick I saw was from the, we heroes, the wedding and event heroes went, which is what we met through. I, I got to tell you, like, it's a whole nother level. I mean, that group is because it's exclusive and because it's, you know, it's so pointed to what its goals are and its motivations are, which is giving back to planners and superstar planners and venues that we all love and know and respect. Um, I've been, I've really been able to hone in on um, making strong relationships. And I will tell you, like, I, I don't do, I don't do business with everyone that's on our list at the We Heroes and I don't get business and I don't get inquiries from a lot of those planners, but the ones that I do do business with, I consider almost like they're basically like family. I mean, I'm, 
I'm calling to see how they're doing. If, you know, I know they had a bad weekend or I'm, I'm, um, I'm not like the baked goods kind of guy. There are other people that do that better than me, but I, I feel like I'm really good at, uh, I'm really good at kind of like asking some questions and saying like, Hey, you know, we've been working together now for this long. What's one thing we need to work on or what's one thing I can do to make your job easier. And so I've really focused on like a planner and building that relationship as opposed to like, I'm just going to get to know everybody. I don't, I don't believe in that. I think, look, you can go out and network and market and be kind to everyone and you should be kind to everyone. But I really focus on the planners that I, and the venues that I know care about my work and respect the work we do and have acknowledged it and said like, Hey, either we want to put you on our preferred vendor list or, Hey, we really appreciated that your team stepped up when there was no parking and parts, you know, 10 blocks away. That was really cool. Um, I've really tried to work on those relationships. So, you know, I would say I have, um, around the country, I have about 20 planners that I'm super close with that I could like pick up the, I could literally like loop them into this call or this interview right now. And we could talk about their kids or we could talk about, their how their college team got beat in the college world series you know like that i have that kind of relationship with them it's not just about business anymore it's about it's about life that's a good segue because i listed down um uh, i was scouring the internet and i listed down uh, benefits of networking and actually the first one is friendship like when you when you network you it 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 develops into more than just uh work it it develops into like an actual friendship just like what you said and i i feel like that's the strongest friendships start from the best from networking you know yeah I, i yes i mean i'm i probably wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for made by meg to be honest with you she is like a dear friend of mine It has turned me on to some amazing, amazing opportunities and vice versa. I mean, so I, I think about photographers and I think about um, who I want to work with all the time. And I mean, so back when I was like, back when I was like auditioning for theater and doing musical theater, I had a voice teacher um, like, in co- okay, so I'll tell you this quick story. In college, I desperately wanted to be in the show Rent because that was like the cool show to be. And it was like 98, not well, 98, 99, 2000. Um, and I was on the short list out of LA to go into the show as Mark or Roger kind of, I don't know if, if people are familiar with the show, they'll get that. Um, and, uh, so through that audition process, they start to basically like train you for the show and get your voice ready for the show. So I, I had a vocal coach who was a former mem- member of the cast. And finally he just broke it down to me. Oh, by the way, I never got, I never got, ca- I never got the, the, the role. I never got cast in rent. Um, but Through the audition process, I remember one day he just flat out said to me, he's like, you know what, Alistair, it doesn't really come down to talent and looks. You got to remember that if you get this show, you're going to be spending eight shows a week with these people. They want to make sure that they can be cool with you and that they can hang with you and that they can get on a bus with you and travel with you. And you're going to have to do 6 a.m. interviews and you need to show up and not be hung over. And you got to be a reliable person. So really it comes down to like, can these people be friends with you? And I've always remembered that. Like in every business meeting I go into listening to people and taking away from it, what's important for them, how can I help them? But, and not like, how can I help you so that I can get business out of it? 
But like, what are people really all about? And I got to tell you, I go into meetings with people and even clients where it, it all like the financials all make perfect sense and it all sounds great. But culturally, I'm like, this is not going to happen. This is just not a good fit, whether we're working together or I'm working for you. Uh, you know, thanks. But I just I don't I don't think we're ever going to make this make sense. So. I think you're right, Paul. I think it's about friendship. And in many ways, like when we go on these journeys with people, when we're helping them develop their weddings in this event, they turn to us with a lot, a lot of advice, a lot of questions, a lot of concern, you know, and our job is to mitigate some of those fears and be that guide. You know, we're not their hero. They're the hero. I always, I always think of it like they're the hero. They're the star. We're the backup. Our job is to be there and support them, you know, with a hug and a smile with a hug and a smile. We're Obi-Wan Kenobi. Totally. Okay. So I can use star Wars references. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. We we are. We're, we're, we're Obi-Wan or Yoda, right? Obi-Wan or Yoda. Exactly. So yeah, you, you, you touched up on also on advice. Because I remember earlier yeah. you were saying like networking is important because you, you get not only you get referrals, but you also could get advice from other people. And I feel like that's what really helped us move forward with our business. Just like when, you know, joining We Heroes, it was just phenomenal. Like the amount of yeah. the risk that we took and the, it's everything's just so nerve wracking whenever we <laughs> whenever we hear advice from you guys, because it's always like a big huge advice that we can't just put on a table we we just we just need to make sure that we understand what you say and you know it really helped us so i feel like having that community the having that community it really helps with people like trying to get Uh, through the industry yeah everybody in the event industry whether you're a business owner or you work for someone whether you're mid-level or your management or your your just boots on the ground you can't take that stress home you've got to have a group you've got to have a village outside of love and work that is like your community of people that you can vent to whether you whether it's a you know what's called like a paid friend whether it's a therapist or a group of people like I mean, you've got to have that group, that crew of people it could be one person that you meet with on a, on a regular basis. But you, I, I mean, the We Heroes is really special because yeah, we, we go there for advice. We go there to vent, we go there to, to, to elevate and educate and, and inspire. And you gotta, ha- you gotta have that in this business because there are a lot of people doing things really poorly, but then there are a whole group of people that are doing it really well. And it's good to know the difference. And, 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 you know, I, I don't really, you know, I don't really talk, I don't really consider anybody a competitor in the space for me. And we can go into that if you want, because I come from a very creative first standpoint. So I'm not really, I'm never scared about competition, but there are definitely people like I've watched do certain things and gone, okay, that's a cool choice, but that's not the way I would do it. And because of the long-term effects or the short-term uh, experience, but yeah, man, you have got to have a community that we can turn to. Yeah, you know, I love that you said that yeah. not not everyone is a is a no one's competition because when we I have no I I don't yeah when we started out you know we I was just so competitive like anyone who goes up <laughs> against us is just gonna we're just gonna ruin their business but then when we started like networking and talking to people and you you see that they're all they're 
just like what you said, they're people too. They're just people. There's regular people who who are trying to get through life and make a living. And I I think now being in the industry for a long time for the both of us, you our our role is to help other people start their business right, just so they don't end up trying to screw anyone else over. You know, I feel like that's that's our responsibility as let me know what you think too. I feel like that's our responsibility as the OGs. Totally. Not OGs, but like being in the industry a little longer. Yeah, I mean look, there are businesses, there are companies that have been around a lot longer than I I mine and they're really good at what they do. Um but I'm in a very cool place where what I what I what I can create is can, can be unique and it can be art. And so I've taken the approach that like, I look at it like this. Okay. So in the music business, you have rascal flats, for example, I'm in Nashville. So I'm going to talk about rascal <laughs> flats. They're a country. You have a country group, right? You also have lady Annabellum, a country group. You also have little big town and you have Alabama, the band that did it before them. So it's like, do they all consider each other competition? No. They sing in the same genres. They use mostly the same instrumentation. They're on the same radio stations. They're playing the same venues. They're probably working with competitive or the same uh, record labels. But do they look at themselves as competition? No. And why? Because they don't care. They're creating and they're focused on their art. And somewhere along the way in the in the event and the wedding industry, it's gotten really muddy and ugly where people are going, well, I can do it better than them. And what people need to be saying is, well, I can do it different. And the way, and, and if, if, if everyone would just, and it's easier said than done, look, and it all comes from a place of fear. And we all have fears about not getting enough work, not making enough money, not getting the clients, not showing up on social media the way we want or getting tagged or, or buzzed or pop fizz, whatever. But as a wedding or event, owner, a professional entrepreneur, whatever you are, it's easy. It's easy to just copy. It's hard, but more rewarding to create and come up with something fresh. And so like when someone tells me, no, you can't do that. What I hear is, okay, the law is telling me no, and I'll respect the law always. Like if I just can't do something because it's illegal or dangerous, fine. But if someone's coming to me and saying, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Or no, you can't do that from a creative standpoint. What I hear is a seven-year-old kid going, no, I can do that different and I can do it better. Um, and like that to me is what's going to keep me relevant is not just booking bands, but booking bands that make people really smile and make people do something different with their, with their experience and their party. Um, so yeah, yeah. And, and, and on the, com the competitor front, it's, it's, you know, it's easy when you're, okay, for example, when someone's, when someone's uh, reaching out and they want to quote, and I listened to your podcast, your earlier podcast about like discounts and someone said, no, we don't discount because that's not fair to our clients. And I love that response. I love that. So, it was so good. Yeah, I thought that was really intelligent. And, and I, look, we all deal with it no matter where your price point is, whether you charge $500 or $5,000 or $50,000 or 100000 we all deal with people wanting a deal. And the way I approach it is this. Instead of it being a discount of money, 
Maybe it's a discount of creativity or application. So when someone comes to me and they're like, yo, we really want this, but we need a deal. I say, well, what is your expectation out of the gate from the experience of entertainment? Because maybe it's, they only need 30 minutes or maybe they only need, or maybe they don't need sound and lights or, you know, or maybe it's something where we can, they're having multiple days. So I, I sort of look at like, how can we create a transaction that will withstand you saying, this is my price and me saying, this is all we can do. And then that's the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to get around financial discounts. Now, the other thing is when people are coming to me and they're saying, we're looking at you and we're looking at five other bands. I'm very forthright with people. I, I, I will, I will email them, you know, if it comes in an email or if it's a written form or whatever, if they, if they say we're looking at you and we're looking at A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and they start naming names, I'm really clear. And I'll say, great. What they do well is this. What we do well is this, where we're priced. So I make it very clear to people, this is what we cost and this is why. And I'll never, ever, ever say to someone, well, you shouldn't hire that band because they can't do this or they can't do this or they, because all we're doing, all we're doing is we're starting to belittle, um, we're starting to, to belittle the, uh, you know, the industry and we're starting to belittle ourselves. So my, you know, my advice on that front is if someone, if someone's putting you up against someone else or another, another vendor, don't spend your time putting them down. Spend that time talking about yourself and what you can do for that client. Ask, you know what? Someone says to me, Hey, so we're thinking about you and we're thinking about them, but they cost this. Why are you more? Or we're thinking about them and we're thinking about you. What, you know, why should we hire you? Answer it with a question. Say, well, what's important to, what's important to you on this experience? Or why, why are you going with the band? Start to find out the, the, the reason and take them on that journey because all they're doing is they're trying to get a discount or they're trying to figure out if you're going to throw mud on the other person. And I'm telling you, it's just a wasted time yeah. because what's going to end up in the habit, even if they go with you, then you're the guy that talks bad about that other company. <laughs> it's terrible. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. or, or, or even worse, what if they don't go with you? Then you're the guy that talks bad about that other company. And now you don't have the gig. So uh, I really, really focus on, and I tell all my people at networking events, you can ask the question to planners. Hey, who do you work with in the entertainment space? And if they tell you, you know, Hey, I'm exclusive to this person. Ask why ask questions. That's the easiest way to get around all this like competitive, dirty business that's going on right now where people are under undercutting. So anyway, not hey, about that. You know, what's funny when, whenever I, I, just, I was just at a networking event a few days ago and the, the, the intro of the person that I met for the first time, she's like, oh, so how much do you charge? I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> but, you know, it's, I, I told her it's okay. But um, it, it, one, one more point, I, I guess one of the other benefits, because you were, you were talking about being confident, is I, I'm, it really helped me like networking wise, it really helped me become a little bit more confident about not only about how I speak and how I do have a conversation, but also about like humble bragging about our company because you kind of have to sell the company also when they ask about it or, or something like that. Just, yeah. just, just like being a little bit more confident, like, Hey, we're here. This is what we've done. And this is why you should trust us as another wedding vendor, you know? You know, okay, so 
I, I love, oh man, I love this. I love this. I feel like we, I feel like we could do a TED talk on all this stuff. Um, <laughs> we are, we so, are. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I love this. I'm so, I'm so, you got me so pumped up. And this is right about the time in, in an interview when things get rolling, right? Our, yeah. Now that like we're warmed up, now we're lifting, now we're lifting the heavyweights, right? So, all right. So about pricing, when people say to me like, Hey, how much do you charge? Um, I love that question because to me, it's like, Oh, we're all, we're, we're cutting through like, <laughs> okay, you're, you're a buyer or, or you're someone that thinks about the financials. So like if a planner is saying, Hey, just curious, where are you in the landscape of, of cost? Then, you know, boom, this planner clearly cares about budgets and they, they slot accordingly, or maybe they work with a clientele that's really careful about budgets. So then you're starting to categorize where that person fits. Now, these are generalizations, of course. Yeah. Most planners that I work with on the luxury level where we're doing like Napa, Hawaii, Cabo, um, uh, you know, anywhere, anywhere we're doing like de working with destination, I probably never, maybe twice a year with those planners have to send an actual proposal. It's typically, this is the budget, make it work. So, I mean, it's a pretty nice relationship. However, sometimes I have to push back and say, that budget's great. What are the expectations? If they want this, I need to charge you this. And, you know, and then, and then you have that dance. But, okay, so that, that's on the pricing front. Is People just need to get out of the way of feeling weird about it because having a wedding is building a house. And it's like you may have money left over for the nice towel rack or you may have to spend that on wood flooring or you may have to spend that on so-and-so and so-and-so. And so I just remind planners, like, look, you're the general contractor here. You tell me, like, do they want the laminate floors or do, are we going like, you know, the bleached black cherry oak, like, you know, b let the big dog eat floors here. Like, you tell me. I mean, and it's all where it fits into that transaction, right? Like, it's all a budget. It's just a big – a wedding is a spreadsheet for a planner, and they're just putting it all together. And then they've got to go design the thing. Um, you know, they're a home builder. That's kind of how I look at that. Okay, and then the other thing you mentioned was after pricing was, oh, when people say when, – when you meet people and you feel bad about talking about yourself, um, what I use in that regard is um, let me send you some videos. Let me send you some stuff because everybody's buying with their eyes these days, right? You know, you guys know that. I mean, so um, I love the idea of, hey, instead of can I have your card or, hey, can you give me your number or what's your email or how do I stay in contact with you? I would love to send you some stuff. Boom. I'm gifting them an opportunity to see what it is we do and, and hear what it is we do. And, and, you know, maybe they look at that like, okay, this guy's just going to hammer me with videos, but I'm not. You know, I send very clean like links and very, you know, I tie everything back so that if they if they want to go down the VIPs entertainment road, they can. But I'm always like, hey, you know, when people ask like about cost and pricing and money and things like that, I'm like, I want you to see what it is we're talking about. And if they're like, no, I'm really familiar. I've been to a show, or I, you know, I've seen you at a, a I've seen one of your bands play at a, at a festival. Then I can say, great. So you know the level that we're working at. Let's now let's talk about what you what you know how we can make this work and what we think it's worth financially for this this experience. So yeah. okay, now I I wanted to ask you what. So because we, we were talking about like you know confidence and I'm not really confident. What what advice yeah, you could are. you give to? <laughs> Only when I wait. And, like, and, and, and I like the way you dress. <laughs> oh, thanks. 
I'm only confident no. when I ha- I wear deodorant. Other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, I, I want to like, ask you. Like because, my, sounds like something my wife would say. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you because we have a lot of listeners who are just starting out with their business. Yeah. And with that, it includes not knowing anyone at a networking event. And whenever I go to a networking event, I see someone who's new. I always try to... My my goal is to introduce them to someone else. Just I, I remember you told us about that. Like your goal, or you, we were at there at uh, Dapper Diplomat. Dapper Diplomat, yeah. right? He said, when you network, your job is to introduce this person to another person. So that's what I usually do. But so what's what's your advice to people who just started to walk into a networking event not knowing anyone? Like how okay. how are you? gonna handle that isn't that a great question you know what's better if we have an actual conversation about it i created a facebook group just for the bosses that's right i'm calling y'all bosses because i really want to hear what you think let's talk about your business share your frustrations and celebrate your victories i want to surround myself with driven hard-working people so we can help each other out and not feel like i'm being judged all the time let's talk about business I can't wait to see you there, so visit the show notes after the interview and click on the link. Okay, now let's get back to the show. There are three aspects to this networking that I that I use. The first is pregame. Pre-game, okay? So before you go to the event, your job, if you know no one, is to do some research and find out one of these things. Is there going to be someone there that you already know? Two if there's not going to be someone there that you already know, find out who's someone that's going to be there and do a little bit of like stalk them, like do some Facebook or some Instagram or some Twitter or whatever platform you use and direct message them and just say, Hey, I'm coming to this event. I don't know anyone. Would you do me the solid of just saying hello and making sure that I meet three people? Or would you do me the solid of making sure that I meet the right people. This is my category. I'd love to find, I'd love to find a group of people at this event that can just tell me more about the group. Right. So, and, and, and then the third is sometimes uh, these events are like on an event, right. And you can actually see the list of people that's good, that are going to be there. And you can just met, you can just message platform through that, that invite. Right. Okay. So that's the pregame. You've got to, got to, got to, got to, got to pregame. When I went to engage for the first time, I pregame, I pregame like crazy, so that I knew who I wanted to meet, who was speaking, what they were talking about, just because it was like very overwhelming for me. It was like the juggernaut of the industry at this thing. So that's the second. Then two, when you're there, don't look at networking like I've got to meet people and they've got to meet me or I've got to introduce people and they've got to introduce me. Look at networking like I've got to start conversations for people. So, hey, grab someone and say, hey, I wanted to you know, introduce you to this person because I thought it'd be cool if you talked about this. It's a lot easier in my opinion to just make up a conversation about food or the weather or the venue or the parking, talk about anything. But the key to that is make sure you're asking a question when you, when you start networking, Hey, is this your first time at this event? Or, Hey, did you have trouble with, with uh, ways or Google getting here? Or, Hey, you know, I've been to Terranea before but the last time I was here, it was super rainy. I had no idea there was all this screen space. Ha- have you ever been to Terra? You know, like just if you approach things with a question, 
then it's a lot easier to kind of start a conversation. So on site, think about it as I'm start, I'm going to get people to start conversations as opposed to I've got to meet people. And then the follow up, the key, and this is so big in Nashville and in Texas and in, in California, it's not as, it's not, it's not done as well. And they, you know, the people say like the fortune is in the follow up. The follow up is so important. So if you get someone's card, make sure that you're at least like following up on social media. I use Instagram uh, direct message. I love Me it because I'm on, if I'm on Instagram, boom, I can just message them and I'll say like, Hey, it was great meeting you. Here's my number. I don't know if you use DM. If you don't, here's a text me. If you don't do that, let me know another way to stay in touch. Trust me, if people want to talk to you, they're going to get a hold of you. So, um, but the follow-up is key. And, uh, you know, get, a, get business cards if you can. Um, and I say, like, I do this whole one planner a month thing, or I call it a planner a month. I follow up and sort of really try and make a, a point to meet with or at least have a conversation with one planner, new or already established a month in my uh in my business. So if you're a planner starting out, what about one venue a month? And I'm not saying like call them every day for 30 days in a row, spread it out, but just really focus your efforts on like set a, set a, you know, set like a goal for yourself and like a, a year goal of, okay, over the next 12 months, I'm going to visit contact and have a conversation with one venue a month about how I can do things to start working there on a more regular basis. Um, so that's, a, that's, that's, does that answer your question about how to network? You've answered so many no. questions. <laughs> just so the, the listeners who don't see it, I just held up like an entire notebook of notes because I've been taking so much notes and it's crazy. Yeah, that's right. You know, so what I do whenever I try to introduce myself to someone new, I guess it's my personality yeah. too. Instead of like trying to ask them a question. I always like when they're not doing anything, I approach them and I'm just going to say, okay, I need to introduce myself to you because you're always on my recommended friend list on Facebook and I always see your face and I don't want to add you as a friend until I've met you. So I'm that's so, so sweet. That's sweet. That's, yeah. That's usually what I do. That's it's so not sweet. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard and it's hard for people like, look, if you're an introvert or you're someone who's not really outgoing or not comfortable going up and just talking to strangers, it's hard. I get it. It's hard. Like I remember my first day of high school, I knew one kid and I was like, you know, this like geeky kid, 15, 14, 15 years old, like they do no one. And, and I get it. Like it's hard to see these clicks at events and go, wow, how am I ever going to get to know those people? Or, Oh, they'll never work with me or they don't even know what I do. And I just think just want, you know, yeah, you, you, do it you know, set yourself up for the success by doing the pregame. So set yourself up with, Hey, I'm going to be at this event. Do you want to grab a drink or coffee beforehand to kind of ease myself into meeting 50 strangers? The other thing I did want to talk about, uh, with the, with the whole like networking thing and the, with the one planner a month thing, I just lost my train. I'll call, you know, come back to me on that because mm -hmm. I, I lost my thought because you asked me about networking and then I talked about pregaming and following up. And then the one planner a month. I don't know. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll think of it. Sorry. Okay, but sorry. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I I have I, I probably have ADD, but and it went misdiagnosed my whole life. So sorry. Me me too. That's why I always take notes because I'm gonna get lost when yeah. I know what it is now. I know what it okay. is. That I want the advice I wanted to give for people starting out, and this is something I did by accident. 
you got to mix it up. So make, if you're going to come into this industry and you're going to come in correct and you're gonna, and you're going to come in and you're going to stay, do something that no one else is doing. And I don't mean like start a business. I'm saying within that category, whether it's design or planning or flowers or balloons or video or whatever it is, whatever it is, calligraphy. And forgive me for, you know, generalizing, but do something new and fresh and risky, like take a risk so that people like think about somebody, somebody in the wedding of wedding industry did the drone thing first. Someone did that first. And whoever did that probably did really well for a couple of years and then probably went, Oh, this is saturated. I got to go do something else creative. So like what hasn't been done? What needs to be done? Like, look at the, look at technology, look at creativity and do something different. Like there's nothing better than working with a planner. Who's like, Hey, I've never thought of that before. Thank you. That is so cool. Let's go for it. You know? Okay. I mean, are you, are you saying yeah. that <clears throat> when you say do something different, are you saying that, someone should the the new person should sponsor something at a networking event like a cupcake table or a photo booth or something like that is that what they're saying yeah like yeah okay if you've got a good idea if you yes if you've got a really cool idea get involved with a networking event where you can be a vendor sponsor which may mean you have to do it for free maybe there'll be some money if you're doing like food and drinks if there's like costs of goods involved but or like rentals if there's deliveries but Let's say, for example, if you're like, if you're, a de if you're some sort of designer and you want to get your work seen by the industry in LA or, or in Orange County, Southern California, and let's say that you can't get any clients, your website's not working, you're just not getting the push you need at the cost of doing business that, that you're at and you're really struggling, sponsoring an event will give you visibility It'll get you on social media and it'll get you photos and hopefully videos and assets that you can take with you. You've got to leverage your, That's your input with your output, right? So if you're providing content, how are you leveraging that? If you're doing it for free, how are you leveraging that with assets and assets are something you can take away that may not be financial. So yeah, I mean, if you're a design, let's say you're a designer and you are from, I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's say you're a designer and you're, you were born and raised in Eastern Europe and you, you know, grew up in a family that was very strict and very stringent. And there were certain things you could and could not do. And you brought that and you went and got educated somewhere. Maybe now you live in Southern California and you want to do something that's inspired by that. Like find a way in whatever you're doing. If you want to break into this industry and make a statement, find a way in whatever you're doing to tell your story and what you're passionate about. Like Paul, Oh my God, if somebody called me and said, we're doing a soccer themed event, I mean, you're going to flip out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like we want to do a whole, we want to do a whole installation. That's a soccer field. And the, and the band, the band, the band, you know, the back wall is a goal with a bunch of fans and it's like an led wall. That's like interactive of stadiums around Europe. I would be like, well, cool. So the band is wearing soccer uniforms and the goalie, Uh, is the drummer and he's going to be in gloves and the referee is going to be the lead singer. And like, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like you just gotta like throw stupid ideas at the wall and somewhat somebody somewhere is going to go, I want to do that. Okay. 
I love that. So I, I've yeah. always believed. I forgot who who said this quote, but he said, "If you're lost in your creative process, look what everyone is doing, and go the other direction." So I've, I've always had that in my mind, and okay. I mean, look at look at technology. Technology wouldn't exist without that. I mean, look at what people have done with like apps and the internet. I mean, it's like yeah. So anyway, there's always sorry. there's always something different that uh, everyone can offer, and it's just a matter of trying to find out how and where to look, right? Yeah. So my my last question for you, and this is usually like a big deal for everyone, is. When, when do you do? Uh, when do you when do you work for free? Like which situations? Because you know the, we 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 get approached a lot. Like, oh, you want to do a style shoot, or we have a venue opening, or uh, this networking event needs video. Do you want to do it for free? And always for free. And we always ask ourselves, what's in it for us? Because I I can't just do it for free. So my question yeah. for you is, at least your advice to people is, when should you do something for free? <laughs> is, it, is that a hard question? No, no, it's not actually. I had this conversation with Stella. Um, she called me about sponsoring something and I gave her my opinion. Um, so I never do anything for free um, because if I'm going to sponsor an event, um, the agreement is that I get the photos and I get video. Um, obviously exposure is one thing you can take that for what it's worth. Um, if you're going to sponsor an event, that event is an event where you need to be there to make sure that people know it's your work and they meet you and they understand how passionate you are about it. And I believe you have, and I'm giving everybody who's listening, I'm giving you professional and creative license. If you're sponsoring an event, I'm giving you license. You don't necessarily walk up to the organizers of the event and say, great, I did something for you for free. Now give me work. But I'm giving you professional and creative license. If you're sponsoring something in an event to walk up to people and say, I did this. How do you think this would fit into one of your events? Or do you have any clients that you would like to share this with? You have my permission. And if anyone has a problem with that, have them call me and I'll meet them and we can talk about uh, soccer. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's, no, no. I mean, perfect. I mean, I mean. I look, look. I do, I do, I, I do donate. Um, I do donate bands for experiences for auctions, and I have like uh, I'm sponsoring the live music for Rad Camp, which is coming up, and uh, everyone should look should should figure out what rad I think it's rad radcamp.org. Sorry, am I allowed to do a plug? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. No, um, I have. I have nothing to do with the organization other than they reached out to me. They told me what it was. It's a camp. It's a week long camp for adults and children with, with um, special needs, physical, mental, and emotional special needs. And this is in, in many cases, the only week out of the year where their, their caretakers or their parents or their family members um, will get a time. will get time off um, to not, to not have to to not necessarily have to care for them. Sometimes they do accompany them if there's a, if there are specific uh, special needs, but um, it's a really, really cool organization that has blossomed in, uh, and they're actually based in Orange County, like Irvine area, I think. So I'm, I'm sponsoring their band this year with no expectations. Like, uh, I, I figured out what they were. I learned about the organization and who they help. 
I've got um, a, a, through marriage a family member with special needs who's been basically bedridden his whole life. And I said, how can I help? I'm yes, I'm involved. I'll I you know I'll do it. I'll fly in if I have to. Um, so I'm helping them. And then you know I donate to like school auctions. Um, uh, in Manhattan Beach where we were living, I, I donate a band every year for their live auction. And it's just pro. It's like whatever you get for it, you guys keep the money. I'll provide the band and the, and the production because I believe in education. Um, and, uh, you know, so I never really work for free because I get, the other thing is like, I get joy out of it and I get exposure out of it, but those are two that I do. Um, but I, I would say, I, and maybe I'm a jerk for saying this, but I would say if you're going to donate to charity, like limit your donations, like make sure you're not going broke over it or killing yourself emotionally. Like it's gotta be, it's gotta be something that makes sense financially number one you better be able to bear it and number two like find something that you're really passionate and you support if you don't support it don't it's okay to say no to people and it's a really simple answer someone calls or emails and say and says hey i've got this organization we were really looking for this or would you be interested you all you need to say is thank you so much for reaching out i'm so glad you did and i'm honored however this year doesn't work for me would you do me a favor Will you keep me in mind for next year? Or will you do me a favor? Will you think of other ways that we can be involved? Sometimes it's like as easy as they just need someone to send an email to somebody else for a referral. You know, that's crazy. So, yeah, you know, people and forget. It's hard to do. It's yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's, yeah. that's actually perfect. People forget that yeah. when you donate your services, just like with yeah. charity, it's something, donating something is always something that's extra. Like you have an excess of it. That's why you donate shoes. You donate, you know, clothes. So whenever you donate to charities, your time, make sure it's extra time. Make sure you have enough money to cover for that, for that event. No, don't just, you know, blindly and, go into it. And, and ask, ask for, ask for the assets, like ask for program placement, ask for your brand to be on the LED screen, ask for a shout out and recognition at the event, ask for the photos, ask for the videos. You have to ask for these things. People can't read your mind. If I, I'll tell you what, man, there are times like there are events where I'd rather have the video than the band get paid because we're in a, we're in like a, like we did it. We did something at the Honda center for the LA kiss, the indoor like arena football league, having those photos and that videos or that uh, having those photos in that video was almost better than actually getting paid because It's like, look, here's a band oh, playing in, a, in an arena. Like, yeah. dude, you can't, you can't buy that. You can't rent that out that space out and do that. So, um, do you have, do we have time for one more thing? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to talk about, um, the, uh, the follow up with, um, other vendors getting photos and videos after a wedding or an event from phot photographers and videographers. Can we talk about that? Sure. Yeah. 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 Go for it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to flip it. Cause this is your interview, right? All right. You're interviewing me, but <laughs> uh -oh. I'm going to interview, I'm going inter I'm going to interview you and, and just disclaimer to everybody. We brought this up before we got on the, on the podcast. Cause I, I actually brought up the question and I was curious and I wanted to hear from a, you know, a super busy working professional on how they handle this. So, um, I've talked with photog photographers before about how they prefer to set up galleries of photos from an event or a wedding for vendors like, Look, man, bands love photo, photo and video. I, I love to be able to get that stuff. Can you talk about your process? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? And how do you, how do you handle that when everybody's asking you for that stuff? 
So we the thing is we usually have the 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 bulk of our work is the post processing, right? So on the day itself we start shooting, but it takes us one to three months to shoot out these videos. And if if we're lucky enough, we have ten videos in the, in a month that we need to edit out. So oh I my feel god, like, that's a lot of work, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the easiest way. At least for us, for 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 my company, the easiest way for me to give the footage, because I would love to give the footage, but my my main concern is I can't just give them raw video, and then they're gonna yeah. edit it, and then the quality's not gonna be good. So I it takes us a longer time to get back to them because we still need to edit it, but we have a long queue. So I feel like the best way for people to get their video that they want is for us to just give it to them. But our main concern is it's not going to look good unless we edit it. So that's a main concern yeah. for us. Did that answer your question? Why, how, how yeah. the process is? So th th yes. And the, the, this is my thought on, on photo and video. I love the photographers that set up a gallery and obviously look, you're being paid by the client get the client what they need first and foremost. And then when that's, when all said and done, you have your favorites. I love when they set up a, a gallery and I know it takes time, but it is so appreciated. And then on the video side, I love when we get like a video link of a, of a completed, I prefer the completed package edited, ready to go of the experience. Cause for me, what I'm selling is an experience. It's not, Hey, look at the band, look at the band, look at the band, watch the band. It's look at what the band is part of. So to me, I would rather post start to finish, you know, Rolls Royce arriving ceremony and then, spark, you know, sparkler exit or they I, sail off on know, a boat. I see. Yeah, soup, soup, soup to nuts. So I love getting that link. Are you are you sharing that link? You you guys are sharing those links with, we do. with everybody we do. when they're yeah, done, right? Yeah. yeah. But so so I love that. I love that. Yeah. I would rather. Actually, I filmed your band. I forgot. See, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was in February. Come on, TikTok. <laughs> no, but I'm, that's the thing. Uh, like, no, there's so much stuff. But so I feel like the easiest way is two things. The easiest way is for you to email the photographer or the videographer beforehand, like pregame, to tell them that hey, yeah. is there a way I could get the photos afterwards? Just so you could you could get like a feel of how they are, because there are some photographers and videographers that are like iffy giving footage, but yeah. So emailing, right? And then I feel like for yeah. me, if the vendor, like the DJ, he wants footage of him or the dance floor or doing the grand entrance, if he goes to the office and picks up the footage, I feel like that's going to be easier than us trying yeah, to amazing. figure out. Yeah. But All right. Yeah, I'll email so you the this? I'll email you the video of the band. That's <laughs> fine. How about how I would love it. I mean, that you, if I get to put you guys on my on on some of my sizzle stuff, uh, I'll take it. Um, that's the other thing is like, what other industry do you get like pro grade everything? And here it is. Go market your business. I mean, it's amazing. Um, so one thing we do, I don't do it all the time, but a lot of the time, if a planner sends out like a, like an introductory email to the entire event team. If we get that email, which a lot of, sometimes we don't, sometimes we just get an email to the entertainment company, but 
if I get an email um, where it's like the whole team, like flowers, everybody day of day before, blah, 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 we'll put on there. Uh, I'll, I'll hit reply all. And I'll say, Hey, if you haven't worked with VIPs entertainment, a couple things, if you need power, go to our technicians. If you need sound plugs, go to our guys or girls, they'll take care of you. Um, and then the, the other big thing to really sort of create that collaborative experience and community is we put a disclaimer in there in the email for everyone. That's like, yo, just remember the stage is as much yours photo and video as it is ours. We want you up there. We want you shooting, get your shot florist. If you have a design aspect that involves the stage, we will work around you. We are not just going to come in and set up things and move things. Like it really is to me, it's like a vision and a design first. And we're capturing that. And the band is just like salt and pepper on top of that food. So a lot of times we're, we're moving speakers, we're moving mic stands and we're just working around like flower boxes or trellises or things like that. And so we put that in an email to the team, like, Hey, we're excited to work with everyone. If you need a hand with a ladder, if you feel unsafe about a light, if there's something you don't know, if you see a piece of tape that's out of place, whatever it might be, just ask our team and we're there to help. And a lot of vendors don't do that. And I don't understand why, because right away you're setting everybody up for, for success by saying, yo, talk to us. We're here to help. You just, you just inherited an eight person band. Who's going to help you move stuff. Like, so, and, but like, especially for photo video, a lot of times people are like, do you mind? I'm sorry. Can, can we get up on stage? And I'm like, why are you apologizing? Like, get up here. Like the most important thing is that you get those shots. Right. Yeah. And so, so okay. Yeah. So this is why this is why you're one of the best. Not only do you have a <laughs> not only do you have a golden voice, but you also have a heart of gold. Oh. Mm. And I really appreciate that because you, you know, seeing seeing people in your level being really genuine and really helpful is amazing. It's just so inspirational and I that's that's what we aspire to. And I thank you for that. Thank you. Well, my mom would be so happy. But she still wouldn't believe that you're, you're the kid that sang, huh? <laughs> I mean, she, yeah, no, she, my, yeah, no, I mean, it was inevitable. I mean, the catering jobs and the fashion shows that my mom used to put on in our backyard, it was, in, this was, this was all bound to happen. Um, I'm so, I mean, we're so lucky, man. I mean, I, like, I know how hard you guys work. And I know you spend a lot of time in offices editing. People think it's just like shoot and then get your stuff. I, I'm so lucky. I mean, there are days, man, when I look at my wife and I'm like, why am I doing this? Or, you know, man, this, you know, the, the people problems that I have with, with people sometimes can just be so challenging. And, and honestly, to the point of like emotionally really hard, but I got to tell you, man, Yeah. Like getting out there and I, I mean, getting out, I still love to sing and perform and getting out there and being able to do that is so fun, but getting able to, to, to hear about it from my other band and getting emails from people that say like Alistair, Jenny kid and her team nailed it, you know, and we, we couldn't have asked for a better experience. I mean, to me, like I'm so lucky that I'm like this, entertainment guy now and i don't know how it happened paul because if you'd met me in college you'd have been like that guy's gonna be dead in five years so <laughs> oh um, then we probably went to the same school because if you met me in college man, i'd be the same <laughs> i i feel like we were probably we were probably friends in another life it's, yeah i don't know i mean we, we, but 
but no, honestly, like I, I never would have thought I'd be doing this like in high school or college or, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy and I'm really lucky that I, every day is a challenge. Like every day is a challenge, whether it's winning business or it's coming up with solutions to people's problems. Um, but you know, I mean, that's kind of why we do this, right. Is like somewhere inside of us, this is part of our DNA is like fixing things and, and helping people and being those, would you say OB ones? Yeah, that's the, that's exactly what I because I I was telling like I was talking to uh, people in Tuesdays together yesterday and I was telling them our goal is to solve a problem. We're not here to become yeah. like the superstars. We're supposed to solve a problem that the couples have, and that's what your trade is. And, and you know, I I really appreciate that you you're like this because it's it really helps us out. And thank um, thank, thank you so much for Can being we- on the show. Thank you. Can we end on a positive? Like yeah, a let's real do it. fun positive? Okay, so tell me the most and you don't have to go into specifics of client names or or location. I maybe locations, whatever however you want to you want to pitch it up and I'll do the same. Tell me the most like the best event or the most fun event you've ever done. Oh man. Fortunately for us, I'm not even like joking, but fortunately for us, I'll most of our weddings are just always fun. The most memorable yeah. ones that I love are when we start crying during the vows or a father-daughter speech. That's that's the most memorable. Like when we go home, I'm like sobbing and just trying to, you know, clear the tears from my eyes. It It's always going to be a memorable one. So I'm going to tell, of course, I mean, I, I dude, I get it. I get it. So I'm going to give you two, I'm going to tell you two stories. Yeah. Um, the, the first is in, I want, I want to, I want to do the father daughter kind of emotional thing. So, um, I was doing a wedding in Tustin, California with like a seven piece band at a, like a private estate. Um, and the, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to say the planner because I don't want to do that because it's a funny story, but, um, the client sent over their, uh, their song request and I was actually singing on this wedding. This was like a couple years back. And uh, their father-daughter song was a song called Cinderella, which is a Stephen Curtis Chapman song that he wrote after. And I don't know if you know the story, but he lost his daughter like at a very young so. age in a very tra- tragic accident. And so I did some research on the song, figured out what it was about. At the time, my wife was pregnant with our second child, which is, we knew was a daughter. Oh and gosh. I literally called the planner. I called the planner and I was like, I love this song, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get through it. And she said, man up and hung up the phone <laughs> on me. <laughs> I mean, in a, in, a, in a very funny way. Now now she's got kids. So I'll bring the story up to her and ask her if she remembers, because I'm sure she does, and uh, and see if she remembers that. And I'll go, now you're thinking differently about that now that you've got kids, right? So, um, so but uh, like that was a really, really, really special moment. Um, that was probably the most terrifying and you know because i it's like i gotta hold this together for this song um so that was like one a really really special moment with singing that song uh for that father daughter and then honestly i'd say i I just want to share the the experience of uh probably the best gig i've ever ever had was at a place in belly up in the it's called the belly up it's in solana beach which is down in uh, like mid san diego um and it was with the young guns and um it was like 2011 and we did this holiday party for a surf company down there 
and uh, we had no idea what we were going into. It ended up being like a sold out packed house, eighties party with like people crowd surfing and, and it was people like my age and younger. And I looked around and at one point during the night, I just, I just closed my eyes and I just said, thank you to God. Um, and I just remember opening my eyes and knowing this is good. This I've got a business like this is going to work. And I had had fun and done other parties, but to be in a professional environment that lost its mind in such a controlled, chaotic way um, with that band, which I was really like, I'd worked so hard to get to that place. I knew I had made, I knew I'm like, this is going to, this is, this, this, this is a thing. I can do this. I can do this now. Yeah, I can do this. Like, here we go. And then, you know, I like, what do you, yeah. And from there, it just, so those are two moments uh, that I remember. And I would just say to every listener out there, like, just recognize those, take us, take a moment when you're at events and recognize those moments, whether you're sitting in a, in an editing bay or you're, I don't know whether you're like on a plane to go fly and shoot someone's wedding somewhere super crazy and weird, just recognize those moments and, and turn around and go, there are people back there where I just came from that aren't doing that. So there you go. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's such a perfect way to end this. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, man. Never forget. I love uh, life. I love, I love, I love people. Yeah. And you know, yeah, just always consciously remind yourself of why you're doing this and, Usually, it helps. Thank yeah. you so much, Alistair. So fun. Thank you, man. I'm so excited to see you guys. Um, I'll see you. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm. I don't know. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you soon at something. So. Okay. Thank you. I'll. I'll see you, and right. I'll, I'll. I'll keep you posted. All right. All, all best. my best to you and Stella. Take. Take care, bud. All right. I'll see you. See, networking is more than just going to parties and asking for work. It's about broadening your network and helping other businesses out. Be authentic, be real, and as the kids say, be 100. And you will see the results to help your business grow. I seriously cannot wait to talk about this more in my upcoming workshop. Guys, I'd love to know if you have any more tips on networking or if you've learned something from this episode. I always look forward to your messages, so just make sure to keep them coming. Do me a favor and share this podcast with someone whom you think will benefit from it. I really like reading your reviews, so please share your experiences with this podcast by leaving a review on iTunes or rating it. Actually, I'll read one review right now. This review is from Edwing25. I know who you are. He says, Paul comes full with humor. Very grateful to have pros out there to show their secret of filming. Knowing the industry is full of competition and sharing their heart is something new players need to learn from. Being full of knowledge while being humble is what I enjoy listening to Paul. You will feel like he is your best mentor showing you the world of wedding filming standing by you. I hope to see more of his sharing on dealing with client, wedding prep, like camera setting to be aware of, how to get bridal party involved, what to do when client says price is too high, is it too much to ask? You gave me five stars. So, yes, it's too much to ask. But thanks for the. <laughs> Actually, if you go back to my uh, episodes, you'll see I pretty much talked about all of these. Keep the reviews coming. Thanks, Edwin, for the review. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.
बॉस मैन आउट